everyone. This is JJ Outlaw. And this is T Outlaw. <laughs> and we're the co-hosts of the Gourmet Goober podcast, back with a brand new episode. You can always catch me, JJ Outlaw, on Twitter at JJ Outlaw, on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. Drop me a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. Or you can visit thegourmetgoober.com to check out our website. And as always, I start every episode with my BFF, that dude, the dark desperado, that dude. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Wiggles. What the hell is Mr. Wiggles? Is that not a name I have given myself? Apparently now, I've never heard it. You have never heard of Mr. Wiggles? When do you call yourself Mr. Wiggles? Online. What are you doing online that I don't know about? Uh, apparently being Mr. Wiggles. Okay, for now, this is my hubby, T. Outlaw. We don't know if it's going to continue, depending on what he can do it online, if you have a back. <laughs> it was worth a try. <laughs> but anyway, how's it going, babe? <laughs> it is going well. Hi, uh, T. Outlaw, a.k.a. Mr. Wiggles, can be found on Twitter at T. Outlaw. That would be T-O-U-T-L-A-W. And on Instagram at... Tiala Josie Wells. Yes. So, back again after what has been an insane week since we were last on the mic. We hope that everyone is doing what they can to take care of themselves to um, in this insane environment. Yeah, because I think since we last was left on the mic, the, the Roe v. Wade decision had come out. It had. Which we knew it was coming, but still so, so insane for so many reasons. Um, and whether or not you think you support abortion, that's not the issue. The issue is rights are being taken away. And I've heard from so many people. I know so many people who would have been affected by that in some way um, from people who I used to work with when I um, used to work in a center focusing on domestic violence and having access to that and reproductive care was sometimes is tied into domestic violence in ways that people don't think about. Um, to friends that I know who unfortunately have had an ectopic pregnancy in the past, um, who technically the term for the surgery to remove the body in order to save the life of the woman, even though the pregnancy is no longer viable. That's called abortion. All of that's affected too. Um, so yeah, kind of chilling to watch your rights be voted away like that. <laughs> so that happened. That is true. And my, my view is basically this. Whether or not you agree or disagree with what happens in these such events... I personally, uh, whether or not, like, my view, my view is my view. But the thing is this. I'm a man. I, I, I know what I got between my legs. And this issue, one, has to do with something that has nothing to do with me as a man. So it is a woman's choice. So I support a woman having a choice, which she does with her body. But two... The other part of what the Gourmet Goober led, I'm sorry, led to is the concept of this is the beginning of a slippery slope. And 
as you, you know, you may be okay with or not okay with what the um, highest court in this land has brought forth. Um, make no mistake, that is just the beginning. Yeah, um, Clarence Thomas in his ruling, he talked about revisiting other landmark cases, um, everything from, you know, the right to privacy, which undoubtedly um, the right to have relationships with whoever you choose, and that would affect members of the LBGTQ community. Um, he talked about revisiting um, the right to marry who you want to marry uh, with gay marriage and that legislation. Um, even outside of the court, there's other people like, unfortunately, where we live. Um, remember that senator who said that, yeah, you know, maybe that whole Brown versus the Board of Education thing and that segregation thing isn't all that great. And we're like, what? <laughs> and if you think that that can't happen, remember that it's not like I'm all that ancient. I may be older than a lot of our listeners, but I think I shared this story that when I was a kid, mm -hmm. and this is like in the 80s, yeah, the early 80s, years after Brown versus the Board of Education was decided, my generation actually um, reap for lack of a better word, what happened was, what happened in Indianapolis was after Brown and the Board of Education went down, they decided, oh, well, we're not going to school with the black and brown kids in public school. Bunk that. So they created <laughs> what they called townships, which was conveniently drawn around where the populations that were redlined in black and brown communities. So one day, people were looking at that in the 80s, and they're like, hey, why are there no black and brown and other populations in these township schools? Was that by design? And they all went, no. <laughs> you know, looking like Dr. Evil. But then they looked and were like, oh yeah, that's totally by design. So my generation, for lack of a better word, integrated the school systems that they created um, in the mid-70s and early 80s to try to keep black and brown people out. Because once what happened is once they drew these townships, that's where all the money and the resources went. And then it further helped escalate white fright and out of these red line districts. And they created these pockets of education. So you would see like a two tier education system where I grew up. Okay. We're not talking about the 60s, dude. We're not talking about the 50s. We're talking about the 80s. Right? Right. So my generation was the one who helped integrated that. And basically, our senator's like, yeah, why don't we just go back to that? <laughs> why don't we just, you know, do that? And, you know, when you consider that they used the whole, you know, well, it wasn't in the original Constitution, which is the reason why they got rid of Roe v. Wade. Well, when the Constitution was written, we were not even people. We were three-fifths human. So it would be easy for them to go, well, you know... That whole integration thing really wasn't what the founders intended because they kept human as pets and other shit. So we'll just get rid of that. So if you think if it doesn't affect you, 
Yes, like Big Daddy said, it's a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope. And, you know, also back then in the 1700s and beginning of, you know, the 18th century and whatnot, they also had muskets. Yes, yes, exactly. So their defense was, hey, we're going to come in with this buckshot. <laughs> this is how we're going to stop things. Um, we're a little more advanced now. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure, and that's a good point, because there are other rulings, including the, the gun ruling that they had as well, where it's just like, I don't think you guys really thought this through. Because if you go based on what the original founders had, yeah, they had muskets. Which is pretty much an elevated way of throwing rocks. So, <laughs> I mean, still kill people. You can kill people throwing rocks. But you know what I'm saying? By comparison to the guns we have today, night and day. Yeah. So that was kind of a pretty crappy thing that everyone was dealing with. And then I know for us personally, we were dealing with our doggy producer being incredibly sick. And we still don't know what happened. Yeah, it's a mystery to us completely. Yeah, the the vet literally called it, what was it, fever of an unknown origin. Our dog's an alien, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. So for the past, oh, wow, like over seven days? He was yeah, seven to eight days, yeah. Seven to eight days, he was dealing with a really high fever where we were trying to, you know, get him to eat get the fever down, get him to take his medicine, which whew, was a whole thing in itself. Um, so, you know, we have no children, so our dog is basically, and our cats are basically our babies. <laughs> so between dealing with the, oh, you know, we have rights being stripped from us, yay, to, okay, we're going to take solace at home and then have our dog being terribly sick. <laughs> yeah, it's been kind of a challenging couple of weeks since you've last heard from us. Yeah, but at the same time, we also like to give note and uh, respect to the fact that our we have a new associate Supreme Court justice. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, it wasn't all bad. <laughs> yes, we did get to see um, Katanji Brown um, Jackson get sworn in, which is absolutely amazing. Shout out to Kantanji Brown Jackson and her family and to that teacher who will go unnamed of mine back in the day in that whole segregated school system that helped integrate, who told me that we will never see a black woman on the Supreme Court. I hope your old ass lived long enough to see that bunk you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I laughed, but really, screw her. She was awful. <laughs> By the way, you uh, since Kentonji Brown Jackson and you being JJ Outlaw, y'all got some relation. Well, that would imply that that would acknowledge what the other J stood for, which we tried not to acknowledge on the show because remember that whole not using government name. <laughs> okay, that would be one. <laughs> but two, I don't know. Oh, wait a minute. Now that I think about it, that comes from a married husband's side. And, well, Hey, we can still be family. We just don't know. That 23 and Me is going to be kind of fun. <laughs> Boy, we're about to find out some interesting stuff. Even though now that I think about it, I got some brown in my family, so. Uh, well, 
Maybe I might be closer to the relation than you are. Hey, you know what? In the greater scheme of things, well, no, I can't say that because we said several times this week that not all skin folk are kin folk. So I was going to say, in the greater scheme of life, we're all kin folk. But that's just not true. <laughs> yeah, some of y'all got to get information because mm, <laughs> yeah. some of y'all that they are not invited to the cookout don't quite know that your invitation was snatched. Speaking of that, you brought up something that we talked about off mic about the cookout, right? And the invitations to the cookout. Yes. What about? Well, no, you you had mentioned about one about who we give invitations to and who has the right to give invitation. Because as a public service announcement, and those of you know, know. And if you don't get this, this is not for you. (laughs) But those of us out there who's given invitations to the cookout, (laughs) we need to have a meeting. (laughs) Because I think that we are giving far too many invitations. Yeah, you can't just invite, you know, even though your plus one needs to be, like, reviewed by the uh, black delegation. <laughs> Is it time for us to have that meeting? I, I think it's that... time that we all sit, sit down <laughs> in a room and have that meeting. It's going to be a very big room, but at the same time, you know, you know, while all you people are down at Essence Fest, at least every black woman in this freaking country. Except for me. Except for you and go. my son, for you, you know, except for like you and my sister, um, every every woman at Essence Fest, y'all need to sit down and have like a girls' trip type discussion about, uh, well, who we are and are not invited. Like you know, handling out those uh, what do you call those things? Like the things you have, like the backstage passes. You can't have like the land, like the lanyards with the uh, the ID saying you're invited to the cookout. You can't just hand that out to anybody. Yeah, because we were talking... Do you remember what we were talking about? It was in the greater scheme of... I know what we were talking about, but I'm not going to have that discussion on Mike because that's going to get to a... <laughs> that's going to oh, definitely wait, wait, be wait. a slippery slope. Oh, wait. You, you're absolutely right. There, okay, that's in the family meeting. <laughs> yeah, that's a very in the family meeting. <laughs> that includes a very in the family word. <laughs> Yes, and we're not going to revisit that because that's one of the things we don't talk about on mic. I mean, we do talk about it, but y'all never hear us say it, yeah. at least on mic. <laughs> so anyway. As <laughs> <laughs> she walks around. That's right, tiptoe away from that very quickly. As we're backing away from this. As we may call, you know, other family <laughs> members in the middle of spades, yes. <laughs> or Jim Rummy or other things. At the same time. Oh, that game of Uno that you know that you would not play with just anybody. True. Like, you you have to really know me to play that version of Uno and be down and cool with me. (laughs) You got to have the only family I know that literally, like, plays Dirty Uno dirty. Now, see, (laughs) that is not true. Because remember in WakandaCon, where they had the spaces for, like, spades and everything? No one was in that room. But the room that they were playing Uno, that room was filled to the gills. You know that. <laughs> yeah, but you all want playing Dirty Uno. And, like, they, they, I'm about to say, they start flipping tables up in there. Okay, stop. We're not going full. 
<laughs> Teresa Judice or however the hell she pronounces her name. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we're going to tiptoe back. <laughs> so anyway, yes. So our doggy producer is a little better now. Yes, he is feeling much, much better. And shout out to the people at Lake Station Pet Clinic because they um, have been wonderful in taking care of Braxton um, over the past week. And I have to say, dealing with a sick dog, especially a sick large dog, definitely was a challenge because, you know, shuffling, uh, shuffling a 70 plus pound dog to and from the vet multiple times in one week especially when he's not feeling well and he doesn't want to walk and he plays dead weight <laughs> was a particular challenge that I was not expecting. Um, but yeah, he's in good spirits now. He chased the cats this morning to let us know that, hey, he's back. He's even back on our doggy road trips, which, by the way, we, we have to like really um, handle the car in the back because he... Do I really want to know this? <laughs> He's quite drooly. Okay. Our dog is a little drooly old man, basically. But he loves road trips. Oh my God. He gets his entire. He has like resting doggy face until we get him in the car and then he smiles. And so this morning's dog road trip, in order to get um, Dunkin' Donuts, which is the only way now I can get him to eat his pill. Is teasing egg whites, um, egg bites from um, Dunkin' Donuts, and hide the pill and the omelet. Yeah, he he he's feeling much better now. He got his life to that. Well, I'm glad to hear that. But at the same time, I still contend that how the hell is it that this dog eats better breakfasts than I do? You know, I'm not really sure, and I was really thinking about that this morning. I was like. My breakfast was a coffee. It's coffee. <laughs> and his breakfast was omelet bites. <laughs> I ate a banana. <laughs> Earlier this week, we also hid his pills in hash browns. Because he would not take it in any other way unless it's in that. So, I guess the best way to put it is our dog is a food stop now. Yes. Were we also... <laughs> The same couple who decided, because we were so desperate, we literally took a pill, wrapped it in oh cheese. Oh, my God. That's right. That's right. Chunk cheese. We wrapped that bad boy in mozzarella cheese and then wrapped the <laughs> cheese, cheese in a sausage. In a sausage. Because he kept... Okay. I know you guys were dogs are thinking, take the pill and hide it with cheese or peanut butter. But he would eat around the cheese and eat around the peanut butter and spit out the pill. So we have to be pretty crafty in hiding the, the pill. And the pills are huge, so it's not like you can, like, dissolve it in anything. No, it has to be the pill. Um, that <laughs> at one point, yeah, we took a piece of cheese and then we hid the pill in a piece of Munster cheese. And then we formed a little football around the pill. And then to distract him from the fact that, hey... There's a pill in this cheese. He took a piece of sausage, bore a hole in the sausage, and then slipped the pill in it. So there was like two layers of treat, treat and gooey goodness that made him want to eat it. And then he ate it. 
It was good for a little while, and then threw it back up. Then we told the vet this, and the vet was horrified. Like, so you're making sausage for your dog to get him to take the pill. <laughs> and then she gives me this pill thing. Remember that wand? He yeah. stick it in the mouth? No. He chewed up the wand and then spit out the pill. It was, it was great. That's probably more than you ever want to know about our official dog producer, but just know Braxton's feeling much better. That's good to know. So anyway, do you want to pivot from that to like your joy for this week? Yes. <laughs> okay. So, so the gourmet goober. <laughs> Go ahead. The gourmet goober, uh, while Braxton was on the mend and I was working, the gourmet goober got the opportunity to take a little trip to Chicago and have a nice dinner and check out an event that involved very big dignitaries. Now, do you want to take it from there? I can. <laughs> and you will. So, you guys who follow me on social media, and if you don't, please do, <laughs> um, may have noticed that on, what was it, Tuesday of this week, or Tuesday the 28th of June, I started to post some pictures from a new restaurant in Chicago. Well, it's not new. It's been around for about two years. Or they, you know what? Yeah, because they opened up right before the pandemic. Okay. Um, it's Esquire by Cooper's Hawk. And again, Cooper's Hawk is this fabulous chain of restaurants that's built around the Napa dining experience. And they have it at various locations throughout the country. So at this particular Cooper's Hawk, uh, they have a very unique concept where it's um, multiple stories in this restaurant. Well, no, but two to three floors. But one of the things they do that is so unique is that they bring in, basically, it's almost like a chef in residency. It's sort of like a visiting chef who curates a menu exclusive to this location. So this is the second chef that they have curated a menu. The first one is the fabulous chef, Tom Kulikio. This, um, there's there for about three months before they rotate out. And so the second sequence of three months, it's going to be featuring a menu by the one and only Carla Hall. And so I was invited by my friend, Lori Carnes, to go and sample this new menu. And I have to say, it was incredible. First of all, before I say anything else, I got a chance to be Carla Hall! Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Sorry, I was I was telling myself I wasn't going to freak out on Mike. I had to freak out. I've had several days to prepare myself on how I'm going to tell this story to you guys. But seriously, dude got to meet Carla Hug and freaking hugged her. Gives the best hugs. I can totally vouch for that. The best hugs? The Well, yeah, the best hugs. Okay. Her hugs beats your hugs. You know what? why? Because they're Carla's hugs. Okay, so Carla's <laughs> hugs beat T. Outlaw's hugs. Yes. Oh, damn, I gotta step my game up. <laughs> so in terms of ranking hugs, it's Carla Hall. Oh, shit. My dad. Wow, I'm not, I'm like <laughs> yeah, I'm in the top two. Dude, you know my dad's a good hugger. 
You have to acknowledge my dad's a good hooker. Lord Jesus. Holy smokes. Anyway. <laughs> You're in the top three. Thank you. I'm glad so, to be in the top three. So anyway, going back to the story. So yeah. So the menu, which is based on her her aesthetic of Southern cuisine, um, features a wide range of food choices from a, a barbecue um, carrot salad to this incredible food um, appetizer that is called a deconstructed deviled egg. Um, she even has a signature drink um, that she featured and all of it's on my Instagram page. So you can definitely come and check it out. The highlights, I mean, she even has this dessert. Oh my God, this dessert that is called, well, it's Carla's banana pudding, basically. But I'm telling you, I I basically told Big Daddy, I'm, I'm marrying this pudding. I didn't know you could marry a pudding. <laughs> if I could, I would. This pudding is just fabulous. But anyway, anyway, let me just, just break it down, the experience. So I get there, and the first thing, once I check in, is I picked up one of her signature treats, which is called Carla's Southern Sweet Tea Soda. So it's, it's sort of like um, a cocktail centered around black tea. The ingredients are really simple, right? It has black tea, it has ginger, lemon, habanero, and mint. The ginger, of course, gives it a kick. The habanero spice, um, which is not overpowering, but still is enough to let you know you drink it. You know what I'm saying? Um, I have to say, it was amazingly refreshing. It's sort of like a grown-up mo- um, mojito seltzer, so to speak. Okay. And it was really, really fabulous. So, highly recommend that. Um, when I sat down, I met, and let me just also take a moment and say, normally when I go to these events, I have someone with me. Unfortunately, Big Daddy had to work. And had to watch over the doggy producer. Yeah, Big Daddy had to look after the fur. And the person that I was working out to go with me, um, she could not make it last minute because she had an emergency that she needed to tend to. So I just told myself, hey, I'm just going to go and have a party. And take all the treats. (laughs) So the person who waited on me, her name is Reagan. And if you go to this restaurant, please ask for Reagan. Reagan is a rock star. We bonded while we were you know, hanging out throughout this process. We both found out we had ties to Tampa, Florida, which Carla does as well, which is fabulous. But, you know, I basically, when Reagan got me at my seat, I I told her, hey, it's just me at this table tonight because unfortunately everyone else couldn't make it. But I promise I'm going to make it lively for you. (laughs) And we did. We just kind of had a good time. I took all of her recommendations that, she suggested. Um, How was our hair? What? How was Carla Hall's hair? Oh, that's what you would ask about her hair. Her hair's amazing. It was curly and... Honestly, I wish my hair was like Carla Hall's. I've been dying for my hair to go completely gray so I can walk it, but it doesn't. It just goes gray in one spot, which is weird. Hmm. 
Okay. So that's why I'm rocking the blonde now until I can go full Carla Hall. Yeah. The only thing I no the the things I remember about Carla Hall Carla Hall is like, you know, her cuisine, her style of cuisine, her hair and her glasses. Yes. Which she loved my glass ring. <laughs> okay, Linda Belcher. I wore my red Linda Belcher glasses. She noticed the glasses. There we go. <laughs> and True um, devotee. Yes. I'm sorry. That was just weird how you just asked about Carla there. Because I didn't meet Carla until near the end of my dining experience. Okay. So after, you know, I tried the devil's, you know, deconstructed deviled egg, which, dude, it's amazing. And it has, like, pickles and caviar. It has caviar in this deviled egg. It's like an umami bomb. Seriously. It's one of my favorite things I ate. Why I was there. They um, also had, I also tried Carlos lobster mac and cheese, which has a full lobster in the macaroni and cheese. Lobster and macaroni and cheese. Yes. This and you, is way above my pay grade. And you got to see it, like the full lobster shells in the mac and cheese. Um, that was just astounding. Was it a baked lamb, steamed, grilled? I'm well, sorry, why did I say lamb, lobster? It was steamed. Okay. I, I know but it was cooked the traditional way. It was okay. just amazingly seasoned. The, it had multiple cheese. I think it had like three forms of cheese. Wow. And the mac and cheese, it was next level. Um, I But the banana pudding, the banana pudding, I want to marry the banana pudding. The, it was a layered banana pudding. Instead of using the Nella wafers that everyone who uses banana pudding. No, Carla uses her own, makes her own shortbread to dip and use in the banana pudding. Oh. And, and then get this. The top of it, instead of like whipped cream, it's a meringue um, that is toasted on top. That's interesting. Yeah. So you never normally see that on a banana pudding. But it offers kind of like, so it's like a different mouthfuller because you know that Toast and Marine kind of has that crispy, chewy type texture to it. Yes. And so it's kind of like just a symphony of different textures. And then the shortbread adds a different level of sweetness that you would find in traditional banana pudding. It, it, it just was a masterpiece. I, I cannot say enough. And then to wrap things up, I also got a bottle. Oh, no. I also picked up to go the chicken and biscuits for you because I felt really bad that you couldn't go with me for the experience. But the highlight of it was I got the chance to speak with the founders Cooper Talk, which you can actually catch our conversation on video. Sort of weird how the video is skewed, though. So I apologize I'm not as gifted as shooting content by myself um, when I'm by myself as opposed to I have someone helping me. Um, but yes, um, I had a chance to speak with him and I had a wonderful opportunity to talk about Carla and Carla's love of the Chicago food scene. And it was a really great conversation. We discussed everything from her thoughts on Chicago, which 
in her opinion, is one of her favorite towns to go to. Really? Partially because of the fact that as opposed to some other areas of the coast around the country that is more sometimes recognized, in my opinion, although she differed a little bit on that. But you know how we talk about traditional, you know, James Beard winners and foodie locations that are really recognized. A lot of times the media is centered on Chicago and New York. But we talked about how with the Midwestern aesthetic of, you know, just being, you know, without any pretenses and things like that. Yeah. Um, really how the appreciation of fine dining kind of manifests itself in a different way in the Midwest. Um, she also, we also talked about how, and I shared with her how I really admired the fact that more so than a lot of chefs, because you know how sometimes you'll watch a cooking show or a chef, and it's just like making the recipe itself, right? Whereas Carla, there's, there's like a history behind what she makes. And it's almost like a storytelling experience going through her cookbooks. Okay. And things like that. And I really appreciate that, especially as I explained to her, we bonded over this. You know, you know, my mother's head of the families from the South. And I have shared with you in the past, a lot of the things that I make, I make for you. It's kind of a joyful, loving experience, expression of that, as opposed to just making you a dish. Because that's how it's portrayed to me. You know, not just a sense of family, but like, for example, the gumbo that I make. That's my grandma Edeline's gumbo recipe that I have adapted over the years. Yes. So instead of just serving that or serving the dirty rice that recipe that comes from my uncle Zarin, the idea that there's a tradition and a sense of purpose, that's with everything that you make. And she really agreed with that. In fact, she was sharing with me that one of her favorite chefs to eat food of because of that purpose was Michael Simon. Michael Simon? Yes. She told me (laughs) that whenever she eats Michael Simon's food, she just adores it for that same reason. And she said you could tell that he really loves his mother and how he prepares his food and just... The expression that comes through when you eat it. And I I think so much people tend to think of food as just sort of, yeah, we need to eat to live, obviously. But it's more than that. There's more to the dining experience and the eating experience than just, I need this for fuel. You know, it's very much an expression of the chef, the cook, the history that goes behind it. And I think that's one of the reasons why... She is so beloved because this is something that she understands and fully embraces in everything that she does. Okay. So, so you're saying basically, A, she puts her foot in it, but two, like, <laughs> like it's, yes. it's basically like passing on, like, you know, historical, like, you know, ties and, like, you know, in her family and the families of others that she has encountered to make these different dishes. Very much so. And that's thus... As such, you would want to make them with care. Yes. And I, I, I just think that th- that's one of the reasons why she's just so great at what she does. And in fact, one of the things that I'm so excited from this experience I got was a signed copy of her new cookbook 
which I did the happy dance when I realized it was signed, y'all. Okay. <laughs> but it's a bigger than normal cookbook. But again, a lot of it deals with, you know, the storytelling behind it, which I think is something that's rich and it allows some of these traditions to continue, particularly since it focuses on soul food. So it was a wonderful experience. I could not say enough about it. My man, this cookbook, does it have uh, the recipe for those biscuits and chicken? Actually, I think it does. Okay, so story over. I'm, I'm going to talk to you. Because I'm going to... The goober did bring home like a doggy bag with the chicken <laughs> and the biscuits. Along with two bottles of sparkling wine. Yeah, we'll talk about the wine later. But <laughs> we can talk about the, the chicken and those biscuits. The doggy producer helped me out with the biscuits. But the chicken... Oh, damn. That was probably one of the best five or ten chicken recipes I've had. I'm willing to say in my adult life. Wow. That's saying something. Is it better than Jimmy Brown's chicken? I'm not getting thrown out of the family for her. <laughs> so maybe, Carla, if you're listening, the answer is yes. No. I'm not saying that. I'm not getting thrown out of the, my family. See, I still have to go to the cookout with my family. So I will not say that. But at the same time, I'm willing to say that it is, it is, it was cooked with love. It definitely had a good season. It was seasoned well with notes. It had a good flavor to it. It was hip. It was hot. And the kids could dance to it. And even taste good the next day. Yeah. It, you I know how hard that sometimes that happens with chicken? That is true. Yes. So it was an amazing event. I just want to thank everyone at Cooper Talk for just being so welcoming. Also, wanted to give out a shout out to Glasses USA. They were there because, again, like you said, Carla is known for fabulous hair, which again, it was fabulous. Um, it was known for, um, you know, her glasses. Right. And to, you know, commemorate the event, Glasses USA were there. And I got a pair of really funky sunglasses, which I got to say, everyone loved the glasses. I almost wore my polka dot, black and white polka dot um, cat eye glasses. I, I've gotten a little funky with my glasses as i gotten older. You know, <laughs> why be boring with your glasses, right? You got to wear them. But <laughs> yeah, those were really, really cool. So I can't wait to rock those out. I'll be posting the photos of the cookbook and the link to the restaurant and both the show notes and social media, but it was a magical time. And I am particularly happy. And again, thankful that big daddy looked after the fuzz to give me the opportunity for us to go for me to go. So thank you for that as well. Hey, at least I got chicken and biscuits out of it, Yes, but no banana pudding. So damn, uh, uh-uh. the banana pudding would not have made it. Honestly, I'll be I'll be honest. We were going to take a picture of the chicken and biscuits and show you guys like I showed the rest of the recipes, but it got eight. It got eight. (laughs) But yeah, that happened. Oh, and so right now the restaurant officially opened, just so you guys know, on June the 29th. Um, It'll go for three months. And the next chef after this, I got a heads up on who's coming next is Chef Tyler Florence, who I personally had a chance to meet several years ago um, when he released a documentary film 
Um, I also have a signed copy of his cookbook, which is awesome. The cookbook fresh. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see Tyler again. He is really, really a cool guy to talk to and very passionate about giving back. So hopefully if we have a chance to chat again, we'll have a chance to talk about it. Also gave Carla a standing invitation to the Gourmet Goober podcast, which she loved the name, especially when I explained it. And she's like, yeah, I love it. I'm a goober too. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> so yeah, that was definitely one of the best nights in recent history. And in the midst of all of this craziness, it was nice to have it. That is so cool to hear. <laughs> I like to hear when the goober has joy in her heart. Yes. So, anything else you want to add to this segment? No. The fact that apparently right now I have a kitty producer who wants to jump on the mic, but we won't let him. Oh, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> so, I tell you what. Why don't we take a moment to take a break, and then we will come back with three stories that crosses the intersection between food and pop culture. You are listening to the Gourmet Goover podcast, and we will be right back. On February 17, 2022, WNBA superstar Brittany Griner was detained upon her arrival in Moscow. And as of April 29th of this year, she was officially classified by the U.S. government as being a wrongful detainee, with signals that regardless of the status of her current legal case, the U.S. government will seek to negotiate her release. Now, like many athletes currently competing in the WNBA, she normally played abroad during the offseason for the love of the sport, but also because of the fact that currently substantially bigger contracts are not available to women basketball players within the United States. Because of this pay inequity, she eventually found herself wrongly detained in Russia, where she is currently being used as a political pawn and is consistently denied access to the U.S. counselor and facing inhumane conditions, being denied communications with her friends, her families, her loved ones, and even her wife. And it's imperative that the U.S. government immediately address this human rights issue and do whatever is necessary to help bring her home safely and quickly. Please join the Gourmet Goober podcast and thousands of others in demanding that the White House and the Biden administration take action to bring Brittany home as soon as possible. Please visit wearebg.org to learn more about how you can help, including signing the petition today. This is JJ Outlaw and T Outlaw, and we are back with the second segment of the Gourmet Goober podcast called "What's Eating Us." This is where we share our favorite stories that cross the intersection of food and pop culture. This week, we have three very different stories that everyone is talking about, and the first story is actually something that is quite surprising to me because this is a company that is everywhere, and that is. The food delivery company, Daily Harvest. You've heard of them, right? Yes, I know we have interacted with them on past occasions. Yeah, um, and if you're not familiar with Daily Harvest, Daily Harvest is one of the many um, meal delivery services that are now available that has sprung into popularity during the pandemic. 
Um, and as a result, you can take advantage of one of these services that either they have a prepared meals that you can choose from every week and have it delivered to you, or in some cases have a food delivery service where they provide the fresh ingredients, yes. um, so to speak. So the thing about Daily Harvest is their emphasis on offering what they claim are fresh ingredients. Um, a lot of their commercials are centered around their smoothie choices and their plant-based choices. And it's really taken off, especially with a lot of influencers, like on Instagram, you know, the whole thing about having Instagrammable food. Well, now their Daily Harvest crumbles which is sort of like their own plant-based meats and things like that. Well, now it's been getting tons of people sick. Really? Yes. So according to CNN, they're actually doing a voluntary recall of one of their products after people have gone on Instagram and other social media platform claiming that they've become ill with mysterious symptoms, um, including in a couple cases, people have actually reported having their gallbladder removed. Wait Dude! What? Having your gallbladder removed? Yes, yes. There's actually talk of a class action lawsuit because they're having these serious gastronomical, um, gastrointestinal, gastrointestinal, gastronomical. I don't even know that's a word. It's not a word. Gastrointestinal. Gastrointestinal. <laughs> Big words, yes. It's not funny, but clearly my brain just left. Hyphenated. Um, <laughs> issues with this. And it's all built around something they have called their French lentil and leek crumbles, which just as a side note, dude, I made French lentils for you last week. I don't understand what they could possibly put in it that could cause this type of issue. I'm just saying their lentils might be might be a little foul. <laughs> Mm. Did I not make lentils and sausage last week for dinner? We yeah, were fine. I didn't, I didn't know it was French, you know. It <laughs> might be, you know, the Pepe Le Pew. Well, it was French lentils, actually. <laughs> oh, okay. Then cool. Then Shay Wee Wee. Anyway, you goober. So, just to give you an idea, they really base their public relations on the network of influencers that they hire to promote their products. These influencers now are complaining and they're saying that basically, hey, we're having severe pains, we're going to the doctor, it's affecting our digestive system to the point where we can't move. One influencer said that they've never felt pain like that in their entire life. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and they're like going on TikTok, they're going on Instagram, and they have no idea what's causing it. That's that's the weird thing. So the complaint's been going on for a while. Okay. Uh, Daily Harvest actually posted an update on their website where they said, we're taking this very seriously and we're working with a group of experts to help us get to find out what's going on, including microbiologists, toxins, and pathogen experts, as well as allergists. So they're going to throw a doctor at it. <laughs> Um, several doctors, apparently. Okay. And they said all pathogen and toxicology results have so far come back as negative, but we're doing what we can um, through extensive testing, and we'll keep you updated. Now, in an updated blog from last week, they said that they've received 407 reports of illness or adverse um, reaction, and they still have no idea where this is coming from. And it added 
up to some 28,000 units of the recall products was distributed alone between April 28th and June the 17th. So if you've ever seen how they have it set up, a lot of these products are made to be frozen, like there's, um, like their smoothie line, right? So the whole idea is you take it out in the smoothie, you open a cup, you put it in the blender, voila. Okay. You know, kind of thing. Simple. S- same thing with their crumbles. So I've just been going through some of the accounts, and it has just been batshit crazy, some of the people, things that people have said. So there's one person who said he spent time in an urgent care center where doctors were scrambling to figure out what was wrong. He tested negative for hepatitis, had a bunch of blood tests, but they all say the same thing, that after eating this, their liver enzymes were elevated as much as 12 times the normal range. I wonder if they have listeria. Oh, that's a really good question. Yeah. I yeah. guess my question is... Does like, listeria cause like liver enzymes to go up? I'm not exactly sure. I guess I'm also wondering, like, so how big is the daily harvest recall? Well, here's the thing. They... And we know it's in the thousands. But with 28,000 distributed just between April 28th and June 17th. Plus, keep in mind, people don't really know how far back it goes. Okay. So it could definitely be more than the 28,000. But there's a lot of people who are now complaining that the recall may not have been enough. And there's some influencers that said the Daily Harvest didn't reach out to them. They basically just posted a statement that said, hey, we got it in your freezer, throw it out. And, Good enough. Um, but we're still taking your money while we're at it. And uh, we got our uh, our Daily Harvest CSI you know, working on the case. But gosh darn it, we got you covered. So what do you think about this? I mean, do you think because here's the thing. Daily Harvest is still advertising on television. Yeah. Right? So if you are not on social media um, and you just decide to try Daily Harvest, you may not know that this is an issue that's going on. So do you think they can survive from it? Do you think that they handled it correctly? Because it just seems like if, you know, outside of a couple of news reports, it's not like they've done gone above and beyond um, in order to really educate the public that this is going on. Because how weird it is, it's like a mysterious illness that no one knows where it's coming from. Right? Right. Now, by the same token, I'm going to take the Jeff Bezos approach. Now, granted, yes, I very much agree. Like, yeah, if I was involved in this and like, you know, there were lentils that, you know, I was consuming. Yeah, I'd be mad as hell and be like, hey, somebody going to be paying me for, you know, my doctor's business and or, you know, if I had to have a gallbladder removed, like, or liver issues. I'm like, yeah, we all going to be hearing about it. But at the same time, I'm thinking, Daily Harvest is probably sitting in the cut like, hey, we are, you know, every time that's like, you know, an issue comes up like this, we are addressing it. We are working with the FDA or whoever, you know, who was involved, you know, we got our doctors on the case, but you know, um, we still need to make money. So, um, we're going to need for you to, uh, try every other product that we have in the building and not like, you know, worry about us and you know, who we are, like how we're cleaning up our facilities or where we're getting our, uh, fresh green. So 
I can see what, you know, their lack of, I guess, transparency with everything. But yes, in the moral scheme of things, yes, I would probably want to say that they would take a break, but I see why they are not. Well, here's something that I find interesting. And maybe this is an area of opportunity, not that I'm giving free public relation advice. That said, Bring I, it. I do have a, my graduate studies has been in public relations. So it's <laughs> kind of what I do in my, my main job when I'm not doing this. <laughs> I like that. Public relations, a.k.a. fiction. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's fiction. And as I told you, the teacher told me once, public relations is fixing things and telling someone to go to hell in such a way they look forward to the trip. Yes, that's an issue with your too. premise. Yeah. <laughs> so in the matter of fixing things, they have some pretty high profile backers behind the name. A lot yeah. of people don't know, but they have amongst their investors, Haley Duff, Gwyneth Paltrow and Serena Williams. So I would think if you had these major people as your backing and it's out there, I mean, this information is readily available. I got it through Business Insider. You would think it would behoove them just to say, hey, Gwyneth, um, maybe can we like borrow your Goop platform and maybe tell your folks to kind of slow their role in ordering this stuff <laughs> until we get it figured out? Now, maybe Gwyneth is not the right person to reach out to because she also has an egg that she suggests putting in your woo-hoo, and she has a candle that says this smells like my, my vagina. So maybe not her. But perhaps Serena Williams, he may want to reach out to her. My nappy dugout. No. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. you see what I'm saying? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of access that they have that other brands do not uh, by virtue of what made them so popular. And they have a responsibility to educate the public. Yeah. And why not utilize some of these people who were really you know, ready to put their names behind your product when the going was good. Well, I mean, for the, I guess, public relations people of A. Gwyneth Paltrow, A. Serena Williams, Haley Duff's um, sisters, or whoever's representing her, uh, yeah, you can be involved, but um, they pretty much were just maybe there in name only. Mm. Well, all I know is my heart goes out to the people who are definitely affected. Um, I'm hoping they'll find a reason because trust me, as dealing with seven days of the fever of unknown origin with the dog, I've learned that there's nothing quite as frustrating as seeing someone that you care about or going through it yourself and not knowing what the hell is going on. Yeah, you just don't want to be, you know, on the personal level, like in the in the space of you know, when your colon is now in the act right because of something you ingested that you thought was safe, that can be a problem that you just don't want to involve yourself in. And if Daily Harvest is knowingly, you know, putting out products that are not safe for the public, then, yeah, they need to remedy that with a quickness. Yes. And it sounds like they're on the road to hopefully doing that. They just do need to do a better job of disseminating that information. Yes. By the way, in case any of our listeners want to learn more about the recall, I'm going to put a link in the show notes um, so that you can click on it and hopefully find it yourself. And yeah, that's that's a tough road. So I, I definitely hope they find that out soon. Just changing gears a bit, 
on last week's show or the last episode, you guys may recall that I I basically sounded the alarm. Defcon seven. <laughs> yes, Defcon seven levels. That sriracha is in now shorter supply and in shorter supply than we would like. Now, okay. Moment. <laughs> Take a moment of silence for the Sriracha. The company is replenishing themselves amidst some of the um, underlying ingredient shortages that's causing this to happen. I'm going to confess that I found a place where I I saw some Sriracha and I grabbed two whole bottles (laughs) and texted Big Daddy like, oh my God. And no, I will not share where I found that. (laughs) No, we will not be... You know, revealing that information. <laughs> you got to find your own. <laughs> Let's just say it's in the community and I don't want it to be. No, no. We don't need to say anything else. Like We're not know, saying anything this else. This is kind of like, you know, that record they used to come out like, you know, on BET. They'll be like, no, 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 my brother. You got to find your own. <laughs> when I found it, for those of you who are on TikTok... I told Big Daddy, I texted him, backpack, backpack. Lord. <laughs> and if you're, you're not familiar with it, just Google it. Um, just Google it. TikTok on. backpack. There's like a trend of all these videos where this guy is like putting stuff in his backpack, stealing. <laughs> I saw the Sriracha and I texted him and showed him a picture like, backpack, backpack. <laughs> I'm running off of this. I paid for it. Okay, by the way, I'm just kidding. I totally paid for it. Yes, you did. <laughs> but, so anyway, the story is. <laughs> but the story is, if, okay, what do you do in the midst of this tortoise if your restaurant depends on sriracha as a treasured ingredient, right? Get some Louisiana hot sauce and fake it. No, 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 no. There is not. An equivalency there. <laughs> well, if you're like this one restaurant out of California, um, if sriracha has been missing from the shelves, you will find yourself putting in a trade agreement in exchange for getting sriracha. <laughs> okay. So basically, as we all know, the sriracha shortage has affected been in, so many different areas. Right. Um, so the restaurant is called BU. It's a Vietnamese street food restaurant that's based out of California. And so what they're requesting is they put out a notice basically said, we need sriracha. Of all the supply chain issues in the world, this feels personal. We'll give you a free banh mi, popcorn chicken, or an order of summer rolls if you bring us a 28 bottle of sriracha. And if you happen to have a 17-ounce bottle, we'll give you half off. We go through 312 bottles a year, so every little bit helps. 312 bottles a year. Yes. I have to say, that that would be hard for me to do. <laughs> so, you like, you would have to, they would have to pry from your cold, dead hands, right? Well, people were actually helpfully <laughs> offering suggestions, and yes, they would have to pry it out of my cold, dead hands. That there's bottles being stocked at Ralph's, Target's, and Albertsons in the area. It looks like late last week, when they first put this request out, they were able to acquire 48 bottles of um, this, the beloved sauce 
in a single day, actually, which is really cool. Which is nice and all. That is not 312. <laughs> no, it's not even close. But again, like they said, every little bit helps. So my question is, if there's a beloved item, let's just say, I don't know, they ran out of... Diet Pepsi? Diet Pepsi. <laughs> there's a Diet Pepsi shortage and a restaurant is saying, we will give you a free sandwich for every 12 case of Diet Pepsi that you bring in. Would you do it? No. No, we're not. Really? Yes. So is it that you wouldn't exchange any Diet Pepsi for the sandwich in your case? Because I was just thinking for me in the Sriracha, if the free banh mi sandwich would be enough for the Sriracha. And I would have to say no, because I know how to make my own banh mi sandwiches. Mm -hmm. I don't need yours. But Diet Pepsi is not something that you can just make yourself. Right? No, it is not. Now, Grant, yeah, you could soda stream, you know, and fake it a little bit, but no. It doesn't taste the same. It does not taste the same, and you just have to, like, work around it. But, yeah, like, I take the same opinion that you do. Be like, you're going to have to incentivize me with a little bit more than that little buy me sandwich or half off, you know, on a bottle. I'm like, um. So what would be the incentive for you? Because I have to say, maybe if they offered me two banh mi and a pho, maybe I would think about it. But then that would be kind of greedy, right? I don't want to be, I mean, just for a bottle. But then I really love sriracha. You do. So, so <laughs> what would be like the tipping point for you and the Diet Pepsi? Okay. If I bring you a case of Diet Pepsi, which is, you know. Let's make it room. different, like a six pack instead of a 12 pack. If I bring you a 12-pack, just to be nice, uh, I would probably expect, ooh, I'm trying to find something of, of decent comp, but I would basically be like looking for dinners to be comped. You'd be like, hey, uh, so that little funky bomb meat sandwich is nice and all, but I'm going to need a little something extra. I'm like, you know, I'm going to need a bomb meat with some egg rolls along with, you know, maybe some, some rice with it. I'm... Please forgive me. I'm, my knowledge of Vietnamese uh, food is lacking. But yeah, like the equivalency has to like balance a little more for me or <laughs> the scales of justice have to be like a little more um, illogically waived because of the lack of supply and demand. So, yeah, I would need a little bit more on the you know, what you're going to give me type so thing because of the necessity. So what if. OK. Because there's a Vietnamese restaurant that's close by us. And you know that they have the Vietnamese beef stew that we really, really love. So what if they offered a banh mi sandwich and then like unlimited bowls of Vietnamese beef stew? Well, you're going to make it unlimited because then that would be a lot. But mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, you're right. It has to be, in my opinion, something more than a sandwich. Unless it's like a really big banh mi sandwich. If you gave me like, okay, depending on like, okay, if, if your give to me is a banh mi sandwich, you know, for in exchange for the sriracha or whatever like item I have that you want, I'm thinking, yeah, like I, I'm okay with the banh mi sandwich. But I'm going to need maybe, as you said, when you say two plus, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you do a trade, you have to have like, you know, you have to incentivize the deal. 
we ain't got to do equivalency. So, like, maybe if you give me, like, four bomb meat sandwiches on the straight. Because you need to incentivize me to want to move from, you know, off of what I have. So, yeah. If that's like a week of bomb meat sandwiches, then, yeah, I would definitely consider giving up my bow with sriracha or whatever wares I have. But, yeah, just give me one bomb meat sandwich or some, what was it, some chicken fingers and... Uh, whatever it was, uh, you, you're going to have to come up a little bit on the ask. <laughs> well, and here's the thought, because on one hand, I totally agree with you, and I know I'm the one that started that. But on the other hand, in light of, you know, the restaurant industry has been so hard hit after the pandemic, and just doing things for the love and wanting to make sure that the people there stay afloat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, such as, like... It, an essential ingredient. So, yes, I know that I now have two and a half bottles of sriracha that I'm storing in my my house. Um, and now we're going to have to lock the doors and turn the alarms on. Because <laughs> you put it out there that you have sriracha. This this company in California <laughs> might come might come knocking on your door in a minute. Hey, if they find a way to ship to me, maybe we could talk. But we don't know when they'll have bottles of sriracha again. So, I mean... And in case of, okay, in the case of, like, Diet Pepsi, yes, it would suck. But in the worst case scenario, they could switch to another product like Diet Coke or Diet RC Cola or something along those lines. I'm currently at the second drinking, like, uh, a Diet Cola from, like, Aldi. So you can see how far I've, you know, the pandemic and uh, inflation has, like, set us back. But there's nothing like a good, you know cold diet pepsi but there's no replacement for sriracha right i mean it's a very specific thing no but i guess let me ask this since you know sriracha is sriracha like i know it's different than you know tabasco or other products like could they just like make in store like some type of homemade type replacement oh they could but it keep in mind that from last the last episode, what mm-hmm. makes sriracha so unique is there is a particular type of chili pepper that you can only get it from one area. Okay. So it'll taste... I mean, you can make a spicy hot sauce, but it won't be sriracha. It won't have that, like, flavor that we all know that's part of an authentic sandwich. So basically, they couldn't go, you know, talk to the guy, like, you know... I forgot the name of the the show where, like, you know, they sit there and they have, like, a talk show conversation with, like, while they're, like, sampling, like, very hot sauce. Oh, yeah. Um, hot ones. Yes. So you're saying that they should just go to the hot ones people and just get... Although, I wonder if he has, like, a selection of hot He probably does. So go look for <laughs> Has him. anyone looked at his cabinet? That's probably where all the extra sriracha is going, okay? They have to keep that show going. Yeah, because somebody's, yeah, somebody's <laughs> he was up got to yeah. have to keep it going. Exactly. <laughs> Just like the uh, Saturday Night Live thing with Beyonce, somebody's got to be able to feed the queen her her hot sauce. Oh, my God. Just a side note. That had to have been one of the funniest skits I've ever seen on SNL as of late. And our dog is snoring. It's a hard knock life. 
You know what? I have to say, <laughs> Preston, <laughs> you are quite pampered, my friend. You have no reason to snore like you have a full-time job. He's now getting to the point where our doggy road trips, he's like expecting them now. <laughs> so he walks by the car expecting to get put in so yes. we can go to Duncan. <laughs> they know it. <laughs> As a side note, we are currently taping this episode of on Independence Day. Yes. And as such, our doggy producer is currently wearing a thunder shirt because whatever neighborhood we live in or city or wherever, I think they started their fireworks displays like, I don't know, around Easter. Yeah, they do. And fireworks suck for pet hours. So. Yeah, like literally the Sriracha train of fireworks started like very early in they don't. I don't know what the noise, like you know, ordinance is around here, but can can we not have the fireworks at like three in the morning? That's a bit much. A little bit. So maybe we'll give him some grace as far as snoring, like he's a lumberjack right now, because he's been through some things this weekend. Yeah. All right, so we'll 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 let you slide for now, buddy. Today, <laughs> maybe tomorrow. Even though you're not on your doggy producer duties, we get it. We totally get it. Well, he's guarding the table, so. There's that. Well. Sriracha. So if you're in the California area and you want to um, share your bottle of Sriracha in order to get your free sandwich or helping a food from this great restaurant, I will put the links in the notes so you can take advantage of it yourself. And for them, hopefully they get what they need to stay afloat. So the last story that we will cover it might be one that you've seen as of late, not only on social media, but I know that they've been covering it a lot on CNN. In fact, that's I think that's where I first heard of the story. Okay. Um, so let me ask a question, because I know that you have been at said job, which we will not say, <laughs> but you have been at, se- at said job for what, 18 years almost? Almost 18, yes. Almost 18 years. So that's an extremely long time. If you were there for 27 years, never missed a day of work, have really given your all each and every day to an organization, what do you think would be something that would be appropriate to get as a thank you note? Like a sign of appreciation in the world that, quite frankly, tenure like that doesn't come around very often. I mean, to be fair... You're one of the people that I know has been at the job that he's been in the longest, and that's after layoffs and different things that happen in your particular media industry. Yes. Um, You're an OG. I'm an old dude. <laughs> I said OG. Yes, got it. I, I can go from original gangster to just dirty old man. <laughs> but uh, the the only way I can equivalent, I can equivalent. Equivalent. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm making up words myself. <laughs> But uh, um, <laughs> okay, so the best thing I can think of off the top of my head is that I have been in my field since leaving college for about 27 years. Right. I've uh, been with two companies. And after I left the first company to go to the second company, I do remember that the I had a going away page, you know, that they, they do with all the different people. Um, but they also gave me like this really nice, like, uh, football jersey. Um, 
because I was a big fan of, uh, I guess, certain football teams. Wait, that jersey came from them? Yeah, there was an orange and black, like, University of Texas, and they knew I was like a, even though I never went to the University of Texas, nor was a huge University of Texas fan, I think it was more the player uh, whose name was on the back. But yeah, they uh, they gave me a jersey, which I thought was absolutely just off, outstanding off the top. Um, during my, you know, work with different places, like I've had different birthday gifts that were like really cool. I, I got from one of my coworkers, like a, or like a Beats, um, set of earplugs or earphones. And I have, oh, I'm thinking off the top of my head, like I, oh, the same person also gave me like a really nice thing of like oven mitts, which were, um, probably weren't like hugely expensive, but. At the same time, they were probably a godsend because of all the different uses I've had for them, uh, especially like grilling, barbecuing, and as such kitchen work. But I guess getting back to your question, um, I know when my dad retired from like his uh, longtime job, they gave him a gold watch uh, along with some other like tchotchkes, and I thought that was really cool. And I would like to believe the gold watch was you know fairly expensive. But yeah, I would probably start off with like a gold watch or some kind of jewelry, and or yeah, something of of ill equal representation. This is actually a story about a gentleman by the name of Kevin Ford. Okay, he is a Burger King employee, and in June he decided to go on social media to share his gratitude for a reward that he got from his manager for putting in 27 years of work where he never missed a day at the Burger King located at the Las Vegas McCarran International Airport. God bless him. So what he received was a bag with a reusable Starbucks coffee cup, two pins, a single movie ticket, and Reese's and Lifesaver candy. Okay. Um would you like my reaction to that right now? Or do we do we just go forward? <laughs> when I read all of that, you suddenly made a face that I've never seen in over almost thirty years of knowing you. So let's start with your reaction first, because I have to say that I'm I'm not familiar with that face. It was kind of like horror and disgust and what the fuck all rolled into what. <laughs> See for the sake of this uh, episode, I'm going to try to keep, you know, my words to, we, we're going to try to play nice, but my reaction is, okay, it's almost like, and I, I shared this with you like a little while ago, the concept of if, if I've done something, I'm the person who doesn't seek out like huge thank yous for things. It's just like, okay, the thought that counts and I would think that you would have planned that a little better, but I would once again like to believe that the gift that you give me for 27 years of, of you know, devotion to the company, one should come from like the parent company and not so much from, I don't know, the manager or wherever, who probably is like, you know, 20 years old, um, even though I've worked there 27 years. My thought is you probably shouldn't give me something that basically came out of your purse Five minutes after you heard that I had been working at 27 years. So you think that they were like, oh, crap, today's the day. 
<laughs> what's yeah. in your purse? And everyone dumped out what's in it. Yes, literally it jumped out. I was like, all right, we need to come up with something. Oh, my God, we don't have a purse. Oh, we got to like, all right, you, 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 you. Let me see your purse. Let me see your book bag. Throw it. Throw it out. We got to find something to give this dude. Um, um, lightsabers. Okay. Um, movie ticket. Oh, wait, what the? Wait, what, where did this movie ticket come from? I'm like, this fool ain't going to see, like, you know, the Shawshank Redemption. Come on. Um, let's see what else we got. Um we can give you a lanyard. Uh, okay, yeah, we'll do that. Uh, like, they, they literally threw, threw out what they could find and say, all right, this is what we're going to do. Because as a person who was, I worked as a dishwasher in a restaurant, a halfway decent restaurant. I would like to believe they gave me something on the day I left. I don't remember what it was because it was probably crappy. But at the same time, I, I believe in gratitude. But you've been working at Burger King. Let me emphasize the word. The place, Burger King, for 27 years. And this was at McCarran Airport? Yes. In Vegas, because you knew it was hot every day you went to work. It was hot. <laughs> it was like literally the devil was like your, your co-pilot, on your like your driver. <laughs> I'm like, you, went, you came and went to work at Burger King, of all places, for 27 years. I'm thinking... They should have gave you at least one of those, like, you know, king hats. Yeah, you know. that would have been cool. At least a king hat or something. Yeah, give or me a, a king hat. Or a plaque or something. Give me a t-shirt or something. <laughs> like, like you know, give me, like, you know, something more than a lanyard. Like, yeah, give me a, a nice t-shirt or, uh, you know, polo shirt. You know, at least have the parent company, like, you know, hook me up with some, uh, give me a, women. did they give a coupon for some free Whoppers? No. Damn. Well, I guess if you work at Burger King for 27 years, you don't want no damn Whopper no more. Well, that is true. Yeah, you'd be like, hold on, I'm, I might need some Mickey D's coupons for this. Well, to be fair, Kevin, when the story went viral, said himself that he's happy about everything. He was really grateful um, for what he did get. And he said, I'm not that type of person. Believe me, I've been through a lot. It's a great company. I've been there for 27 years. But he also said, like most big corporations, they kind of lost touch with their workers. And through COVID and everything, they started cutting our programs. Well, his daughter was also just blown away by, dude, 27 years of service. And you basically gave me the equivalent of what's in your purse. Yeah. Bozo button and a cookie. Yes. It is literally the modern version of the bozo button and the cookie. So on June 27th, she created a GoFundMe fundraiser to honor her dad. Now, the initial goal was just $200, and that would be enough to provide him a round trip to be able to go and visit his grandchildren. But thanks to the story going viral and thousands of strangers, at the time in which this story was published, um, and about, I would say... Within the last day or so, honestly, um, they have over $328,701 and growing for her father, which is great because it'll give him an opportunity to take care of himself and then retire. Um, actually, David Spade is one of the biggest contributors. So he donated $5,000 to the fundraiser and commented, keep up the good work, um, which I, I think it's really, really sweet. So what do you think? I mean, obviously, <laughs> I, I hope that 
he gets an opportunity to use that and to really take care of himself well. Um, he said that he'd like to use the money to buy a new car and to actually go and visit his family in Texas. No, that's very sweet. I'm actually, I'm very happy that, you know, they were able to, like, you know, put together a nice little GoFundMe to hook him up. There's the other dirty part of me that would be like, is he still work at Burger King? Yes, it's funny that you said that. Because after the news of this went viral, he was also getting job offers from organizations because, dude, the guy has never missed a day of work for 27 years. Who doesn't want an employee like that? He said that he told TMZ that an offer came in from a company that restored classic cars, but he said it wasn't really his thing. And so as of right now, he is still at Burger King. However, he did say he would leave Burger King behind if he had an opportunity to um, support himself by making music. I guess that's his passion. Okay. Is making music. So hopefully maybe the 328,000 and growing will give him an opportunity to really pursue that. No, I'm, I'm, I feel very much obliged. You know, if he finds what, you know, best suit him, then yeah, he chases his dream and hopefully, you know, the money will help. And hopefully, like, you know, us bringing this to the light, you know, to the, you know, the masses will help, you know, bring that GoFundMe, you know, amount up higher. I just want to make sure that Burger King didn't hear this and be like, hey, um, so now that you got, you know, these, uh, these 300 bonies, um, let's, uh, why don't we get, where's our cut? Cause, you know, that's how Burger King would operate. The king is kind of a notorious, uh, So you think that Burger King is like, Yay. <laughs> and now that this has happened. Yeah. I would think if that's your, you know, if your manager is the one that gave that to you, I'd be like, um, you're going to have to go. <laughs> they probably like will replace him. But at the same time, I don't know. I, I, I That kind of harkens to me back to the one dude who, um, one fellow, I can't think of the name of the person, um, who literally like worked for a while and like he would go three, four miles to work every day, like, walking. Oh, yeah. And his co-workers, like, found a way to, like, you know, all pitch in and help win some kind of raffle or some kind of, like, potluck jackpot, and they got a car, and they gave him the car. I would like to believe that Burger King would have pitched in and said, hey, along with the money that you earn, the public relations group... That is true. ...would have said, hey... To keep this, you know, as a token of good faith, along with that, why don't we, you know, get you a car with, you know, like a Burger King, like, you know, symbol on the back or something. Oh, no, 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 no. That would be too much. Although that does bring up a good question. Like how, because as of yet, I haven't really seen Burger King make a, a really big statement congratulating him and, you know, stating, hey, you know, we must stop. Of course, we love you here. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think they could do to make up for it? I personally like the idea of the king hat and maybe having like a gold-plated king hat or like a crown given to you by the actual Burger King. You know, the creepy-looking folks. No, no. no, no. That would actually be pretty awesome. Okay, so eliminate <laughs> the scary-looking king dude, you know, king character. <laughs> You know, at least start off with, like, you know, having, like, a public display of affection. True. You know, and, like, you know, remember, like, the iconic, like, 
I forgot which which cover it was. But I have a cover with like, you know, the picture of Biggie Smalls on the throne. <laughs> you know, have a picture of him like on the throne with the with a big old king hat. A real king hat. Like <laughs> you know, like a photo shoot and like, you know, you also like, you know, grease his palms with a little extra De Niro. Okay, maybe that might be a little too far. Hey, I twenty seven years, I fully expect that for my job. <laughs> when I walk out the door, I want a picture like you no, know, I want a photo of me on the throne. Like, you know, wearing my biggie smalls, you know the king hat that was made of gold and a gold watch. Okay. I'm gonna not say anything about that because we've also had conversations and your moments of frustration that everyone sometimes have on the job as to what you will be willing to do to say that you're leaving. Oh, you know my oh, sorry. <laughs> my last day threats. <laughs> we won't reveal those. No, those no, no, no. In case someone's listening. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, my going away, like, no, I'm leaving. You know, We've type. all jokingly said those things from time to time to our spouse. Yeah, the only problem was I wasn't joking. <laughs> Jokes are jokes. There was no joke in that. He was joking. <laughs> On my last day. Oh, you, you'll know it. Although, can I at least reveal having... how If like if you won the lottery and you were leaving. Because I think that's funny that you were going to hire a certain person to give your two-week notice. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you want me to reveal? Okay, maybe we should do that. No, no, you can reveal it because it ain't like you know he's gonna agree to it. <laughs> Was it Diddy? I started off with Diddy, then it became Samuel Jackson. Oh yeah, yeah. So if Big Daddy wins the lottery. You will finally get to know what Big Daddy does for a living. <laughs> because Big Daddy, he said, if he wins the lottery, of course he's not going to work anymore. And he's going to fire Samuel L. Jackson to give his two-week notice. <laughs> so naturally, that will make the news. <laughs> and he will finally, when when that happens, when you're watching news, and you hear <laughs> David Muir on ABC News, finally tonight, Samuel L. Jackson appeared at blah, 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 <laughs> news organization, to give someone's two-week notice. You guys will look at that TV and go, Ah, oh, that's what Big Daddy does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's him. <laughs> so, Samuel L. Jackson, if you were listening, just know. <laughs> just be on the lookout, because when he wins the lottery, he'll call you up. Yeah, I'm going to call you up. <laughs> I'm going to need for you to come up with a uh, a couple extra words like you know, <laughs> to describe my feelings. That might or might not involve like monkey fighting, <laughs> melon farming, <Farmer. laughs> yeah. miggy figgies, <laughs> you know, oh my God. I'm sorry, melon farmer is my new favorite in monkey fighting. Oh my God, I want that on t shirt. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a lot of filth. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We, we have t Okay. New gourmet goober swag. They'll <laughs> have melon farming and our monkey fighting. Yes. I need to get to work on that. <laughs> and on that note, why don't we take a break? And when we return, we'll wrap things up with 
the best thing we ate this week. You're listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast. We'll be right back. This is JJ Outlaw and T Outlaw, and we're the co-hosts with the Gourmet Goober podcast with a very important question: Are you a little gourmet or a lot wretched? <laughs> or maybe you consider yourself gumbo worthy? Hey, if the answer is yes to any of those questions, then you need to tell the world with your very own Goober swag, from mugs and aprons to t-shirts and sweatshirts. It's the perfect way to show your love for the Gourmet Goober podcast. And, you know, help us keep the lights on in the process. <laughs> so if you are a little bit gourmet and a lot ratchet, head on over to gooperswag.com. That's gooperswag.com. And get your very own Goober gear today. Tell them Big Daddy sent you. That's right. Tell them. Hey, everyone. This is JJ Outlaw. And T Outlaw. And we are back with the last segment of the Gourmet Goober podcast. And we are going to be discussing our favorite segment, which is the best thing we ate this week. So, again, that includes favorite restaurants, recipes, hole in the walls, drive throughs you name it. If it's good grub and we found it, we'll tell you where to get it. <laughs> also, as always, we want to open it up to the audience. So, if there's a restaurant that you really love, Email us at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com, and we will share it on the show. So, as always, this week, we begin with Big Daddy. So, what's the best thing you've had since we've last been on the mic? The last time we were on the mic. Well, our last show, rather. Right. <laughs> gotcha. Um, you would think that for the time that... See, I'm just going to be a big contradiction today, that... You know, it's around Independence Day weekend. You think, you know, I'd be like thinking of like, oh, you know, oh, I made some barbecue or, you know, like I had some big things with fixins. Nope. So I said to myself, okay. Not since fixins. I was, not fixins. <laughs> but, so we said, no, we're not going to worry about like, you know, barbecue this weekend. You know, we'll just get, we'll pick up some barbecue on, you know. And, like, you know, partake of someone else's as opposed to me trying to make it. So, and please forgive me, this, this story is not as long as you think. But, so, Saturday morning we went to a place called Porter Chops and Pancakes. Which is funny because we went, you know, I'm a big person who likes, you know, my breakfast during breakfast hours and my lunch during lunch hours. But I said to myself, I'll just try something new. So we went to the porch house of pancakes in the early afternoon on Saturday and I sat down and you would think that me being me that I would try pancakes. No. It is in the name. Exactly. <laughs> but somehow I you know I aired that and I said, Oh, I'll just try some uh some Cajun chicken. Um it was Cajun chicken. Well it was chicken. It was good taste, but wasn't as spicy as I wanted it to be. But the best thing I ate this week, ironically enough, was soup. Soup? Soup. <laughs> That's random. Soup? Yes. Soup. Okay, well, what kind of soup was it? I don't recall eating a lot of soup this week. Oops. Yeah, middle of summer, 80, 90 degrees. I had some soup. 
It just happened to come with the sandwich. It was just a random toss-in. And I had lemon rice soup. And the fun part about lemon rice soup is that, you know, I got to admit, my mother was right about one thing. Every once in a while, a little bit of lemon rice soup does, it is good for your soul. Mm, it is good. And I have to say, we're really blessed in this region with all of the Greek-style restaurants that are in the area, that a good lemon-style soup is easy to come by. Um, so you're saying that the lemon rice soup at the Portage House and Pancakes was really good. I've never tried it because I usually go in for the pancakes. <laughs> right. And 99.9% .9 of the time, I go in for the pancakes or the waffles or, you know, their skillets. Uh, but this time it just happened to be their lemon rice soup, which was actually, it was nice and frothy, warm. It had a good balance and blend and it would have, it, more importantly, it stuck to your, your insides and it made you feel nice and comfortable. And you would think that would be just odd for me, but yeah, just a lemon, little Lemon rice soup in my life from a pancake house was the best thing I ate this week. Okay. Hmm. Now I'm going to have to try their lemon rice soup because I'll be honest. When I go there, I usually don't go to the, the other side of the menu because mm -hmm. I go there for breakfast, right? Right. And unlike you, who very definitively have a line of when is appropriate to eat breakfast... Except cereal. You can eat cereal any time of day or night. I've seen you do it. But the whole breakfast for dinner, you guys, is like mind blown for, for Big Daddy. Like whenever I suggest it, he's like, but it's sausage at eight o'clock at night. <laughs> it's a waffle at 10 p.m. Yes, that's why breakfast for dinner is so great. Yeah, I'm very much a non-breakfast-for-dinner type person. Very rarely do I ever, like, cross over. So whenever we go, it never, what time of day, this is a breakfast place. You go to get breakfast. Two o'clock in the afternoon, breakfast. Three in the morning, breakfast. It's a breakfast place. You go to get the pancakes. So I admit I've never wandered off that portion of the menu to consider their lemon rice soup. That said, I may have to try some next time we go. Because, like you said, a good lemon rice soup, that can, like, cure what ails you. It's really Nirvana when you just get, like, the right blend of, like, lemon and other seasonings. And it's just thick enough that it can kind of stick to your ribs. And and if you're lucky, it has, like, the right amount of chicken in it. Oh, it's, it's, it's bliss. Okay. Well, that was a surprise. Because I thought that you were going to say... Carla Hall's chicken and biscuits was the best thing you ate this week. I have a feeling that's probably a close second for you. That was almost immediately right behind. <laughs> but I figured that the Goober would be giving her a great analysis of her experience with Carla Hall and Cooper Sock. So I said, you know, oh man, those chicken and biscuits were good. So you just did it because you wanted to pick something different, and 
it was unexpectedly a delight for you. Yes. Nice, nice. Okay. Well, I have to say that you were right. Carla Hall made the best thing I ate this week. <laughs> but it was not the chicken and biscuits. Jose what? It was not the lemon. I'm not lemon. It was not the lobster mac and cheese. Although both were Nirvana. Both were incredible. It was not the incredible barbecue carrot salad. Although, again, knockouts all. No. This this time out, you guys, it's a tie. A okay? tie? It's a tie. I've ch- I'm, I'm throwing an audible. <laughs> Whatever you call it. <laughs> I'm choosing two things as the best thing I ate this week. One is that magnificent... Carla Hall banana pudding. I wanted to marry the pudding. Okay, listen, I want you to hear this and hear this well. I love that pudding more than Tom Hiddleston. Okay, this must be epic. <laughs> I love that pudding more than Idris Elba. If Tom and Idris both showed up and they're like, look, darling, we just love you. And we're just going to leave our spouses and carry you off to England and just give you whatever you want and you'll live in the castle. And then when I get done stomping them out. <laughs> We're not getting to that point. <laughs> so you could either have us or you can have the banana pudding. I would choose Carla Hall's banana pudding. Okay, in that instance, it is man, that I'm okay with good. it. <laughs> I have been de- dreaming about that banana pudding. <laughs> since we I tried it last week I have been like wanting to take you back (laughs) so that you too can experience the nirvana of that banana pudding I thought about ordering some and bringing it home to you but I knew it wouldn't make it past the trade station (laughs) that's how good it is and the only thing that is more perfect than the banana pudding was that deconstructed devil's egg let me tell you something, y'all. I am not a fan of deviled eggs. I am not. Deviled eggs are kind of like hit and miss. Either you get a really good deviled egg or you don't. And there's not a lot of variation in it, except this one. This deviled egg, it was like an umami bomb of flavor. It was like salty and had a hint of sweetness. And it had caviar and it had like the egg. So it's like this crazy mouthfill thing. And literally, let me just explain what happened. Okay, so I'm at this restaurant. I'm trying to take a picture of this deviled egg. This lady comes by. She's in charge of social media. Do you want a light? And I'm holding this egg. And this egg is literally, forget the light, Jennifer. I know you're here for social media, but just eat me. It's delicious. And I just ate it. Generally, I shy away from, you know, food that talks to me. It was talking in my head. It was calling me. It was like a siren's call. I have, when's the last time that I've talked this excitedly over an egg? It is uh, that yeah. good. Rare. Yeah. So, gentle listeners, believe me when I tell you, if you're in Chicago, if you have the opportunity... Do yourself a favor. Go to Esquire by Cooper's Hawk and have the banana pudding. 
and that's deviled eggs. Now the chicken and biscuits, top notch. Seriously, next level. That chicken was good the next day. And you know how sometimes we get chicken on the takeout and it's not good the next day? That was the bomb. I can testify to that. Yes. The the lobster mac and cheese was delightful. Everything I tried on the menu is delightful. But those two items, if you want to get your life, if you want to go to Flavortown, if you want to just bathe in the flavor that is just... Let it wash over you. I'm telling you, take my advice. Those are incredible. Best thing I ate this week. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Dude, you knew it was serious when I told you that I dream about that banana pudding more than I do Tom Hiddleston. (laughs) What is more important to me than Loki, that's when you know it's, it's something. But is this banana pudding better than Peg LaBelle's banana pudding? Well, we will never know now, will we? Okay. (laughs) And on that note, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Gourmet Goober podcast. Big Daddy, where can they find you? (laughs) Well, okay, Giggles. So, you can find me on Twitter at T-O-U-T-L-A-W. That's T-O-U-T-L-A-W. And on the Instagram at Tiatla Josie Wells, like the movie. You can find me, um, JJ Outlaw, on in, on Twitter at JJ Outlaw. You can find me on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. That's the name of our um, site that I run. Um, it's down listen of the Gourmet Goober podcast, but it's me. It's all me. Um, also, just so you know, you can always email us at thegourmetgoober.com. You can check out um, our site, including old episodes, links to recipes, you know, all general matters of good stuff by visiting thegourmetgoober.com as well. Um, check out the show notes so that you can find all the details on what we talked about in today's episode, as well as how you can support us at the Gourmet Goober, whether or not if you want to put five on it, if you will, or if you just want to get some Goober swag, because let me tell you, you look, you are gumbo worthy, ladies and gentlemen, and you deserve a shirt that declares it. So until, oh, and one more thing, um, I will continue to put the link to um, Brittany Greiner um, so that you can learn more about bringing her home. We talked about her in a previous episode. Um, I just read that they extended her time <clears throat> and detention. So my heart goes out to her and her, you know, her loved ones, her wife, and hoping that we do what we can to bring her home soon. Again, we are so grateful that you're listening to the Gourmet Giver podcast. And we hope you, we hope that you join us again in two weeks. Until then, for Big Daddy and I, we just want to say thanks for listening and happy eating.